0: Turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Now, it's not a scripture, it's not a typical scripture people use to talk about Christmas, but I'll promise you this. This is a Christmas message, okay? So some of you are really legalistic about that. Don't worry, I'm preaching a Christmas message, okay? So John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. Who was the Word? Jesus, okay? In this, that's the birthday boy we're talking about. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Now stay here. Let's go back. Let's do it together. All things. Come on, say all things. How many things? All things were made through Him. In other words, God could not have made anything without Jesus both on earth, in the universe we're in, and also another verse called the the spiritual verse, which is the heavenly realm, which is where the heaven is. Through Jesus, God made everything. All the angels are the living creatures. If this word is true, and it is, without Jesus, none of the angels could have existed. Wow, think of that. So, This is a very important statement. We're going to refer back to it in the middle of the sermon. All things were made through Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Go on, verse 4. And in him was life, and life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So what John is saying is that Jesus came and the darkness wanted to devour Him, crucify Him, silence Him. But they could not overcome Jesus. Amen. And let's jump to verse 14. And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what Christmas is all about. Is the Word that would be Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. That we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father. Full of grace. Now, let's jump to another scriptures. Philippians. Talk about Jesus too. This word that, that, um, that, that we're going to talk about. Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, now this is amazing, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But empty himself. In other words, Jesus, when he decided to come to planet Earth, 2,000 years ago, He basically put away all his splendor, all his glory, all his honor, all his power, all his amazing stuff. It's like, you know, some of you are wealthy. You decide to put them all aside so that you can reach somebody that is helpless at the place where he's at or she's at. Right? But this is much, much more bigger. He emptied himself as a god. By taking the form of a servant. Wow, that's huge. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself. Everybody say, he humbled himself. We're going to talk about that. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You know, if you have noticed, recently, I guess since December, is that there is Christmas in the air. You can feel it. You can smell it. It's awesome. We got Christmas tree here, you know. Even this church, we're trying to get into the Christmas spirit, you know. And so there's Christmas in the air. There's shopping, you know. I personally hate shopping, but, you know, you know, you know who am I to judge, right? So, you know, shopping, you know. And, and I love to drive around neighborhoods, you know, during Christmas time because all this amazing decoration comes up. Actually, some neighborhoods pitch dark. I don't know what's going on, you know. They need to get saved or whatever, right? But, you know, some neighborhood is just full of splendor, you know. And, and it's just all those lights, you know. I like those uh, snowmen, you know, those huge snowmen. I was going to get one this year, but I was too lazy to go to a shopping mall, you know. I was telling my wife, I'd like to get a snowman in front of our house. It's going to be so cool. And uh, But, you know, like I didn't I didn't have the strength to do it or even the, the will to do it. But anyways, I love those, you know, these days they have those minions, those super. Super minions! Oh, I love those super sized minions! You know, and you know, just Christmas in the air. One of our neighbors, he's got this big, you know, uh, inflated uh, uh, Christmas tree with minions all over. You know, and minions hanging off the tree. It's so beautiful. I just, I just love this this Christmas feeling. You know, and then you know, if you listen to radio, right, everywhere people are singing Christmas song. You know, I just love Christmas song. I listen to Christmas song in July. You know, you know, <laughs> there's no snow, but it's still like I'm dreaming of a. Gwaii. Christmas, you know, I just love Christmas. I, I, just, I just, it just, I enjoy it. I enjoy the food. I enjoy the family get together. You know, I used to enjoy presents, but these days so I can buy whatever I want, so who cares? You know, but you know, I used to enjoy presents. You know, it's I'm surprised. You know, somebody surprised me. It's like oh, it's so amazing. You know, and uh, um, uh, you know, just just a different aspect of Christmas is so amazing. But that's how the world wants to define Christmas. That's all they know about Christmas. You know why? Because they have rejected God. Now I'm not saying don't enjoy this. I enjoy this. I mean, we have Christmas tree. Some people think we're just to- so totally sacrilege having Christmas tree in front of the church. You know, if you, anyway. So, but you know, uh, but but I love Christmas. But the thing is, this is that if you rejected Christ, Christmas cannot be more meaningful than just very superficial stuff. You know presents, gifts, trees, decorations. Very superficial. And and, and they, they will treat, you know, people in the world try to go deeper with Christmas by making it emotional. In other words, they make it nostalgic, you know. When you hear Christmas song, what do you think? You think about the, the good old days, you know, childhood days, you know, and, and uh, you know, Dr. Halls, you know, all this Christmas song, you know. It just make you emotionally feel something so that it can give a deeper meaning of Christmas. And they say Christmas is a family thing, you know. It is a family thing. You don't have God in it. I mean, it could be. I mean, you can include family in the Christmas thing. And so, you know, you you enjoy, you know, I love turkey. You know, I love roast beef. I love ham. I love mashed potatoes. And, and I love all this about Christmas. But if that's all it is, it, because it, means, it's, it must be so shallow. But I think there's a deeper thing, more than just emotional, nostalgic feeling. But then in Christmas, if you can understand, Christmas is actually a spiritual event And that you can get into the spiritual atmosphere of Christmas it become much more meaningful to you on top of all the good stuff like presents, trees, nostalgia, whatever, right? So if you want to go deeper with Christmas, you want this Christmas to be most meaningful to you, you cannot reject Christ. You need to receive Christ. And Today what I want to do, attempt to do, is to bring you to a journey with me to talk about this Christ, this person of Jesus who is the meaning of Christmas, and so if you have him in your life, have him in your Christmas, oh, my friend, you will just enjoy. You see, when you have true meaning, understand true meaning, the turkey is going to taste better. I'm telling you, the ham is salty, but it will be better. Right? You don't even need those pineapple to make it sweet because it's going to be sweeter. Shaka, right? And you know, everything will be nicer, the family atmosphere will be much sweeter, much more comforting, you know. I'll tell you this, Christmas is some of the most stressful time when it comes to family dinner, you know. It's like always oh, this tension going on at home because Christ is not in the middle of it because this Christmas is just an emotional, nostalgic thing at most and therefore many of the people when they go to the Christmas dinner, is very, te- it has a lot of tension, you know, a lot of, a lot of tension among siblings and so forth. But you know, this Christmas, my friends, if you understand, if you go in to the Spirit and enjoy Christmas from the spiritual perspective, you will find that your Christmas is sweeter, more meaningful, more in-depth, more joyful, more peaceful, more full of God, and more, full, more purposeful in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, over the past few weeks, We looked at the different events and stories that surrounded the birth of Jesus and we find deep spiritual meanings around it. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back and get started on the first chapters of the Christmas stories we started because today we are doing the finale. And today we're going to talk about the main character and the main event of Christmas. So a few weeks ago we started with, you know, the uh, uh, Joseph and then Mary and then the Magi and then the the Herod and and all the massacre going on, all the disruption and chaos during Christmas, you know, and and, uh, different things, right? But this week we want to talk about the main character and the main event that is the birth of Christ himself. And I want to ask you to come with me just to imagine you are in Jesus' feet. Then you will understand what Christmas had meant for Jesus when he he came 2,000 years ago. You know, the main event actually from Jesus' perspective was a very painful perspective. I just want you to imagine this. You know, the angels that the, uh, the, Luke had recorded, that came and told the shepherd, and then there's this big choir, woo, you know, celebrating, you know, they're worshipping. Angels, the, by nature, they were created to worship God. And so everything they do is to worshiping God. Not necessarily just for the Christmas, and then they celebrate. On top of that. And the reason the angels celebrate was not because Jesus was coming to earth necessary for Jesus. It was celebrating Christmas because Jesus was coming to earth for you. And that's why the angels say, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, and goodwill towards who? Goodwills, come on, talk to me. Goodwills towards who? Goodwills towards man towards humanity, towards you and I. It is to celebrate for us. Why is that important? Because I want you to imagine this. Jesus, when he stepped out of eternity, coming to earth, that journey is the beginning of a journey into his own torture chamber. It's like this. You know, how many of you have seen those war movies? Why are you so quiet this morning? Did I just shock you? I just shocked you, didn't I? That was a good one, eh? How many of you have seen war movies? Have you seen war movies that people just, you know, say goodbye to the loved one? You know, they have kissing, the wife, and, the, you know, oh at the train station you know and saying goodbye to here go you know and then they go off to war they may not see them again because they are going to suffer they're going to give their lives for the country they may not see so there was a lot of emotion going on there's nothing to celebrate about that for that individual that is leaving to go to the war Jesus was coming and his purpose to come. He knew from the beginning was to become the sacrificial lamb, to be tortured and eventually die one of the most excruciating deaths in the history of mankind. Why is that a big event for him? Why would that be a big event for him? You see, the angels celebrate because since the fall of mankind, the angels have been aching deeply for God himself because God missed connecting to humanity you see two thousand uh, four uh, uh, six thousand years ago if you believe in the in the in the historical line that most uh, Christians believe in but you know anyways it, it, when the fall of human being took place the heart of the father was broken because now he was separated from the creatures that he had created that he loved the most. You see, you know, Pastor, how do you know God loved human the most? Because I want to tell you this, friends. There's not one creature on earth or in any planet in the universe and in heaven. God loves more than he loves you and I. Do you know why? Because we're the only creatures. The Bible says they were created. Watch this. In his own image. And that we're the only creatures. The Bible says that he had breathed his breath into us. Our life is a breathing. God didn't do that with the the monkey or the ape or the cow or the cat, you know. But he breathed his spirit into us. In other words, he had always wanted to be so connected to us. But the day that men fell, sin had separated us. The whole heaven wept. God missed us. And so from that day onward, the heart of God was aching for the day that humanity will be reconciled to him again. And he couldn't do that unless himself came. You see, what happened is when Jesus came, it's almost like God separated himself. It's like he took a limb out of himself. Can you just imagine that? took a limb, just pulled a limb off himself. In in fact, worse than that, it's like pulling a part of his heart out and sent to earth. That's God himself. And not just sent to earth to do some amazing miracles, but ultimately to be violated, to be crushed. But he was willing to do that because that would be the beginning of humanity connecting back to him. And that's why heaven rejoiced. That's why the whole earth rejoiced. That's why the choir sang, Glory to God, peace on earth, goodwill towards man. man. It was not for Jesus, but hope for us. He came for us to die for us. Now, this Christmas, the first Christmas was planned for a long, long time. You know, our Christmas these days, we took a few weeks to plan, you know, especially for the ladies. They're the good ones, you know. They plan Christmas, you know. They go to shopping, all the Christmas presents, you know. And, and all the guys, what they do is we just show up. Well, at least that's me. But don't judge me. But, you know... There's a lot of plans going on for every Christmas season. Even in this church, we have different plans for different things, you know. And we plan it and we execute them. You know, it takes about two, three weeks, you know, at most, you know. But you know, it took God thousands of human years of physical existence. Thousands of years to plan. In fact, God spoke about it the day he was disconnected to human beings through sin. He prophesied that... The offspring of the woman, not man, woman, will crush the head of the enemy, the devil himself. So he'd plan all this thousands of years. So Christmas season was started. The planning of it started thousands of years ago, even before Jesus came to earth. Now, as I say just now, the one, the main reason Jesus came was to be crucified and become the Lamb of God, so that we can be connected to Him. Now, there are the purposes also that God um, uh, had for sending Himself, His own Son, to come and. To the world. And one of the major reasons, if you were to pay attention in the New Testament, is to reveal the side of Him that was not revealed or lost in the noise in the Old Testament. Okay? And there are many amazing characteristics that God had revealed Himself through Jesus. You say, How do I know that? Because the Bible says that Jesus is the perfect representation of God. He's the perfect reflection of God. And Jesus himself said this to Philip when Philip says, Jesus show us the Father. And Jesus grieved in his heart and said, Philip, have you not known you've been with me for three years and you still ask to see the Father? Do you not know that if you see me, you see the Father? So Jesus is the Father incarnate. So God is revealing himself To us through Jesus in the form that we could most comprehend. Because up to the point of Jesus, human being understood God as wind, fire, thunder, dark clouds, lightning, you know. And uh, you know, just, just all the different magnificent manifestation and display of his glory. But that we could never relate to him as a person. And so he wants to reveal to us from our perspective, that we can comprehend. He came to our level so that you and I can comprehend who this God is. So up to the point we understood God is very, you know, holy and righteous and, and He's full of wrath for the sin of the world. And, but, you know, when Jesus came, this is what He demonstrated about the God that you and I serve. Now there are many things that Jesus revealed, but I only have time to talk about two today the first one is that Jesus came to reveal that God is full of grace and full of goodness his grace and mercy and goodness that got lost in a lot of the stuff going on in the Old Testament in the desire and therefore the works of man for trying to live up to God's standard or lost in the many consequences of sin That grace, God came to want to show it to us. But watch this. Jesus came not just to show grace and mercy to us. But watch this. He came to show us this. That his grace and his mercy is much bigger. Everybody say much bigger. It's much bigger than his judgment and his wrath. His grace and sin is much bigger. You say, how do you know that? Because Jesus says himself, mercy always, what? Triumphs over Mercy always triumphs over judgment. He came to demonstrate that our mercy is always bigger. Mercy will always become champions. This mercy, this grace, it's so that we can be reconciled to God. So that we can now be connected to the Father. But watch this. This mercy and this grace is to save and cleanse you. Not so that you can feel better. Not so that you can, you know, just make it to heaven, you know. Get your tickets and go to heaven, you know. Praise God. You know, this grace and mercy is so to lift you up from the mud of sin and clay and then confusion to lift you up to where? To the place where you're supposed to be. Where is it? At the right hand of the Father so that you can have the authority like the Father. You can operate like God. You know, He wants to raise you up. He came to become man so that you can become like God. You know, remember that scripture that we read earlier and I kind of drew your attention to it. I said that God... Could not have done anything, created anything without the Word. All things were made through what? Talk to me. All things were made through what? Jesus. All things were made through the Word. Nothing was made without the Word. All things were made through Him. Now when Jesus came, this is what happened. After we got saved, Paul the Apostle in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 says that we can now do all things through. You see the parallel there? God himself could not have done anything without Christ. What makes you think you can do anything without Christ? That's why we can only do all things through Christ. So when Christ elevated us with this grace, that's how massive His grace is. It will take, take us from the place where we, have, we are being judged, we are condemned, and, and we in sorrow and sin. He lifted us up from the miry clay. He just lifted it up so that we can be raised together with Jesus so that we can now sit at the place where God is positionally and through Christ. As God did, you can do all things. That's how big grace is. That's how awesome grace is. You know, a lot of religion, we just focus on, you know, how to get our sin right, you know, so that we can get a ticket to heaven, so that God can be pleased with us, you know. Very shallow stuff. But this grace is much bigger than just forgiving your sin. It's to raise you up. You don't, you know, we don't deserve it. We didn't do anything to earn it. We need, you know, today if you want to get promoted to become a manager, a CEO, a president, or whatever, you really have to work at it, you know. You got to go to school. You got to have experience. You have the politic in the office, you know, make sacrifices, work 20 hours a week, you know, a week, no, a day. It'd be nice to work 20 hours a week. You know, work 20 hours a day, you know, work hard just so that you can make your way all the way to the top. You earn it. You will have to earn it. But for you to be at the lofty position where God is, you can't earn it. It's only through His mercy. Only through His grace. You say, I'm going to try to earn it. If you try, you will fail. I'll guarantee you that. But this Christmas, the reason Jesus came all the way, emptied Himself from His glory to come here so that He can lift you up. all the way to where you're supposed to be. So the revelation of the Son of God on the first Christmas day is the revelation of God's amazing grace to you that you not only are saved and cleansed, but you're being promoted and elevated the place of authority and power. And through Christ, you too can do all things. Can I have an agreement this morning? Come on, let's praise the Lord. The second thing Jesus came, and he came to demonstrate many things. The second thing Jesus came to demonstrate about God is God's humility. Okay? You know, the Bible exhorts us, God exhorts us that we ought to be humble. Now, if you're into any religious circle at all, been to any religious place at all, you've been told that you ought to be humble and so that you can submit. And the reason we surmise, most of us, is because they can control us better. Are you here? So any religion, Christian, Muslim, whatever, is that, you know, you need to be humble. So that what? So that you can be controlled. So when God says we are to humble ourselves, we take that statement with a great suspicion because we think like all the narratives of God's in the world is that the God's would want to control us. And when God tells us to be humble, because, it's because He wants to control us. And then that's why we go, Oof. every time you hear people talk about submission and brokenness, you're like, Oof, I don't want to be a fool and be used. Are you here this morning? And so we treat it with great suspicion, you know. It's like, what do you mean? You want to control me? I don't want you to control me. I have my human right, you know. I have my freedom. Nobody can control me. I'm living in a democracy, you know. So that's why we cannot treat it with suspicion. Because we thought, God is also trying to control us. I want to show you this. The reason God wants us to be humble, listen to this, is because this God of the universe, He is a humble God. He's not a proud God. He is a humble God. You see, oh, He's sitting in His glory, all oh, His splendor. Yes, He is. For human beings, it's really hard to be humble when they're elevated. But for God, in all his splendor and all his glory, he still stays humble. The word of God says that he cannot, he resist the proud and give grace to the humble. He cannot resist himself. It is not possible. Because if he's proud, he would have to resist himself. You know, in the Bible says that, you know, in the scripture that tells us that god is faithful to us even if we are not faithful he's still going to remain faithful because he cannot deny himself that concept therefore he has to be faithful it's the same thing as this is that god cannot resist himself there's no way he can resist himself and therefore it is impossible that he's proud on the contrary the god you serve is a humble God. Yes, the one with all the splendor, with all the lightnings and thunders and all the incredible glory and in the revelation with all the, the amazing throne that he has with all the millions and trillions of creatures bound to worship him and all the splendor that he has. He is still a humble God. And that's why he wants to invite you to be like him so that he can work with you a lot of us can't reach god because we place ourselves at a lofty place where god is not he's in a humble place you want to look for god you go to a humble place you want to find god you look for a humble place that place is where you have an encounter with God. You know, I said it before, a few weeks ago. Is that you know that people, you know, they they because we are taking on this 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 you know, modern day thinking that we ought to criticize everything, size everything, and because of that, there is just subtle pride in our hearts. Even some of the more spiritual people, you know, they do judge other people. They look at people that have subscribed to different doctrines than they hold. They would despise them because they have more revelation they have they no more and consequently they are puffed up and because of that they think they are spiritual they think they are called to God to God but they are furthest away from God because God cannot be found in a prideful place he can only be found in a humble place whatever you do remember this the place where you can find God and display his glory is in a place of humility. You know, as you celebrate Christmas with your family, I pray that he will reveal himself through you. Watch this. In the form of grace and mercy and in the form of humility. You know, when you go back to Christmas, I mean, a lot of times we, we, we get back with our family, you know, and, uh, you know, some families are very competitive, and so they, they, they will feel small in their presence. We feel like, you know, we are not good enough for them, and, and uh, you know, we feel like, you know, like they're judging us because we have made some failures in our lives. I'll tell you this, friends, let them judge and, be, and despise you, but let you demonstrate the mercy of God and the humility of God. You know, when you're being mocked and when you being ridiculed, you are being put in the same place as God himself because they mocked and ridiculed Christ 2,000 years ago. And he humbled himself to the point of death. And this is an opportunity for you to demonstrate what true Christmas is. You know, Christmas on top of all those fantastic things, at the end of the day is about Jesus and you remember I tell you that everything will be sweeter if you live from the spiritual perspective try this this Christmas try humility and try mercy I will guarantee you everything you taste will be sweeter tastier every fellowship every event you have you will find it more joyful you have you 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 don't judge people anymore you don't put any expectation on people anymore yet your heart is broken and humble everything is fresh is sweet that can only be found in a place of humility humility would you please stand with me